Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. Aren't you glad that the Lord is on your side today? Aren't you glad that it doesn't matter what you're facing? You have the king of the universe on your side. Come on, that changes all the odds right there. You might feel small. You might feel like 100%, 99% defeated. But I want you to know today that, that the king of glory is on your side. He loves you. He cares about you. And he's with you. Don't ever think he's not with you because he is. I want to say to my brother right here in front of me. All those years, brother, the Lord was right beside you. I was praying for you, and I know your mama was praying for you, and I know this whole church was praying for you. Amen? So good to see you, man. I'm so blessed that you're here. Amen. Isn't that beautiful when the Lord lets somebody out of their catastrophe? Hello? Amen. That's awesome. So, so, so blessed at what the Lord is doing nationwide. You may feel like he's not doing much. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, you know what I'm saying? I have moments when I'm going, hello? When are you going to rescue us? He's right here, and he has everything in the palm of his hand, and he knows exactly what's going on, not only in our nation, not only in our world, but he, ha- he knows exactly what's going on in our individual lives. How amazing is God that he can know all of that and be involved in all of the intricacies of our lives, amen, all at the same time? Today, I I, uh, want to just share a few things. First of all, I want to say how grateful I am for the word of God in my life. Uh, This is truly um, my life's greatest asset. Uh, It's my greatest possession, the word of God. Uh, This one isn't my favorite one, but I'll tell you what, the Word of God as a whole means so much to me. How about you guys? The Word of God is such a powerful foundation for us to live, amen? And um, just uh, want to thank Him for His Word. Uh, I'd like to pray just for a moment, if I might. Father, I just want to say thank you for my brothers and my sisters that are here. Thank you, God, for their service in your kingdom. I thank you, God, for their faithfulness in the small things that they've been doing. Father, I thank you right now for illuminating the things in our lives that need to be adjusted. I thank you, Lord God, for uh, your will to be accomplished in our lives. And I thank you, Lord, for your voice that is so profound and it's so full of wisdom and it's so full of leadership and guidance in our lives, Lord. I I depend on your voice so much, Father, and I thank you that today uh, you're here, you're speaking to all of us. You are um, opening up your will to us so that we can see uh, clearly, Father, what our role is here today in this nation, in our city, in our church, in our world, in our life, Lord. What is it that we're truly here for? I pray, Father, that you would... uh, Speak to us today regarding these things in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We bless your name. We thank you for the the wisdom of your word. And we receive it now today in the name of Jesus. And all of us say amen. Amen. I have 
before we jump into the word today, I have, um, we were, the original uh, purpose for our trip to California, um, some of you guys know that we're uh, now relocated to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, just out of Nashville, and um, uh, we don't get to California quite as much as we would like to be, uh, but we're here, uh, I guess, four or five times this year, so I guess that's quite a bit, isn't it? Um, but it's always wonderful to come home. This time we were called uh, to come back for a memorial service of a dear friend of mine. Uh, many of you know, you know that I uh, go to prisons all over the United States, right? And um, when we do that now, what it looks like for the last five years or so, we've been doing 30-day tours. So we pick a region of the country and we go to that region and it may be four or five states um, sometimes, like Florida, they've got so many prisons, we just made Florida the whole tour, right? And um, last year. Um, and um, so because these tours are 30 days long, typically, uh, it's hard to get partners, uh, uh, musicians, friends that can go for 30 days. So we split it up into two or three sections of time. And uh, our brother Rick... Green is so great, just uh, such an awesome brother of mine, and he, uh, whenever he's ab absent from, from here for a couple of weeks, he's probably with us. And um, so we have several different people in each key position as far as musicians uh, that, that sign up for uh, a 10 to 14 day portion of the month. And uh, one of those gentlemen who, uh, gentlemen who play drums for us and with us, has been with me for uh, probably 20 years. Uh, just recently took a nap on a Sunday afternoon, September 18th, and he did not wake up. And he's now with the Lord. And we have no questions about where Rick is. His name is also Rick. And um, we, uh, the original intent for this weekend was to be with Rick and to celebrate his life, the memorial of his celebration of life, and we did that yesterday. Uh, but how many of you guys know that the Lord fills up your time wherever you go? He has a way of, of spreading things out and uh, making you a part of different things that were happening. So we got to pop in last night and celebrate Brother Jerry's 90th birthday. His birthday. That was incredible. How many of you guys were here? That was so much fun. And um, I have known Dave Ost for quite a while and got to meet um, Philip Ost, the completion of the triplets. And uh, that was a gas. Loved talking with him. Such a cool guy. But anyway, I, w I have a, a short video we want to share of the more of what we, we gave yesterday. My son actually prepared this. It's a little bit of uh, video from uh, a couple of the tours and pictures from different things. And anyway, I just want to honor Rick a little bit more. He's my friend for 20 years and uh, has been to so many prisons with me and, and just such an amazing confidant of mine. I would like to uh, share that video with you. Is that okay with you guys? All right, here we are. Some things in life 
Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for uh, what you're doing, what you're doing in each one of our lives, but especially what you're doing with the inmates in the prisons here in California and throughout. Lord God, I, I would pray, Lord, that you would just prepare the way as we go out to meet you and what you're doing in these prisons. We just pray for the hearts of the inmates that you would just uh, cultivate your word, prepare them for what you've called us to do in bringing your word, your words of hope, your words of a future. Uh, Lord, we just ask for your blessing on this ministry to pour out into these prisoners. So we ask for newness of life, knowledge of you in the intimate sense, Lord, uh, that you would fill them with hope, fill them with a future, and see you, Lord, as you meet them right where they're at. We thank you for your grace and your mercy in each one of our lives, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll trust you for my tomorrow. I'll trust you in life today. I'll trust you when it seems all hope is gone. So from now to forever, till I see you face to face, I'll trust you. I'll trust you. I'll trust you for my tomorrow. I'll trust you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. 
That's Rick. <laughs> I am going to miss that brother. <clears throat> That's right. And we'll all be together again, right? In uh, no, actually. He never got the shirts. Uh, but it was in the works. So anyway, uh, but that still puts egg on my face, doesn't it? Uh, Hey, it's all right. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, I'll deal with you later. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I would like you to turn in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 6. And uh, we're going to take a look at, at prayer, an important prayer in my life. I love praying this prayer over my life as much as I possibly can. If I think about it every single day, I pray the prayer over myself every single day. There's a place, uh, two places where this prayer is located. Uh, one of them is here in Matthew chapter 6. The other one is in Ch uh, Luke chapter 11. Um, and uh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing because the disciples in Luke 11, it goes into the disciples asking Jesus, teach us, Lord, how to pray. 
teach us what is important, Lord, and, and show us, teach us exactly what we need to say because we're, we understand you deal with the Father a lot. We're trying to learn what to say to the Father. Anybody ever have that issue? What do I say to a God that holds the universe in his hands, right? Um, and so Jesus, uh, this is how you do it. He says, pray it this way. So here in um, Matthew chapter 6, I just want to go over that. It says in verse 7, And when you pray, do not use the meaningless repetition <clears throat> as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them praying as they do, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but rather deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. So I love this. I love this so much. The Lord's Prayer. It's exactly what Jesus instructed us, how he instructed us to pray to the Father. Uh, there's a key part that I want to focus in on just for a moment. It says this in verse 10. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I've learned that when I get to this part of the prayer that I love to just pray, Father, in Jesus name, I pray that your kingdom would be established in my life. That your kingdom, what you have in your idea of me, your plans for my life, for, Father, let that plan become my plan. Hello? Does that make any sense? Lord, let your plan, let what you see that I can become the man, the husband that I'm supposed to be to Laurie. By the way, I just want to say thank you, sweetheart, for staying with me for 34 years. We celebrated our anniversary yesterday. And I'm trying to handle my priorities correctly. Number one, she's with me for the memorial, right, for the weekend, and she wouldn't miss that for nothing. And uh, she's here today, and I'm so grateful for her love and commitment for 34 years. Thank you, sweetheart. I will deal with you later, too. That's right. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. How many of you guys really in your life, you want God's will to be established in your life more than anything else? That's what I want in Jesus' name. I want that for myself. I want that for my brother. I want that for all of us in this room right now to accept the will of God over anything that we dream for ourselves. Because I've pretty much made up my mind, you know what, if I get to the end of this life and I stand before him, what in the world am I going to say if his will didn't mean anything to me? What in the world would I say if I, if I did what I wanted to do and what he wanted me to do was placed aside? That's going to be a touchy moment. Unless I change that today. I said, unless I change that today. And I make his will the ultimate priority for my life. And so today, as we, we enter this little time of, of uh, devotion together, my point 
the whole thing is, what do I do here now? What, what's, what, what is, uh, if I take myself back to reality, back to the platform, back to the foundation of my life, of what I'm doing in my life, what is the point? What am I getting, what am I, am I, is it just my job? Is it just paying the bills and being somewhat satisfied with life? Or is it setting that aside and saying, you know what, God, you're going to take care of all of the other stuff as long as I chase your plan for my life. You're going to take care. In Matthew 6, it goes on, and that's where seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hello? That's where that's located. And all these things, all this other stuff, where you eat, where you, where you, what you have to put on your body, where you live and all of that is going to be taken care of if you chase the will of God for your life and set it as your number one priority. Somebody say amen in the house of God. Amen. Uh, so today, uh, I love, I love, love, love this prayer. And I love praying it often. And sometimes I'll go, you're going to pray that again? Absolutely. It's God's will for my life to pray that prayer. In fact, it's the Lord's instruction how we pray to the Father, how we approach the Father. The posture. How many of you guys know posture is a lot? It says a lot about your intentions. My wife, if I walk in with the wrong posture, let me just say it's not good. Because those beautiful eyes right there, <laughs> they have another disposition. They can change in about a heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? If my posture is wrong and I approach her, Good luck, Charlie. Right? But if my posture is right, I've had this, this, uh, this motto in my life. You can say just about anything you need to somebody as long as you say it the right way. So nothing's off the table. It just depends on your posture, their, your attitude, the, the way that you approach somebody and the way you say things. So... I love the idea of approaching God in this posture. Father, my Father, not just our Father, I make it personal with Him. My Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Great praise is offered up to your name today, Father. If I just think about what your name means, I think about the God of healing, the God of provision. Amen. You think about his attributes and you think about all the different ways that his name means so much to us. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Father, let your kingdom be established in my life today, in my marriage, my walk with my friends, in the ministry that you've called to me. Father, Lord God, don't let me be so consumed with the work that I forget why I'm doing it. Don't let me be concerned, Lord God, about the the, the, the details, the, the terrible, the, the desk work, the paperwork. Oh, man, how many of you guys can't stand paperwork? I am not a paperwork kind of guy. That's the first person I'm looking for whenever I'm, I'm busy doing something is people who like to handle paper. And believe it or not, there's some people out there in the world that are just like they love that paper and they know how to file things perfectly and they just like, Oh, about like a bee, you know, just going at it. Bam, bam, bam. That is not me. 
give me a guitar and give me a prison. I'm good, you know. Anyway, uh, I want to uh, move along here. Um, I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 1. Um, I want to, and while you're going to Philippians chapter 1, I want to mention real quick in passing Luke chapter 22, 42. It says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus said those words. And Jesus himself was concerned about God's will in his life. Why in the world would I not be concerned about God's will in my life? So I pray for it regularly. And I love the idea of chasing the will of God. Um, I need passcodes on my Apple equipment. Uh, sorry? It's not paperwork, thank the Lord. My paper is very small here, and uh, the computer is here. Uh, Philippians 1, verse 27. It says this, Only be sure to lead your lives in a manner that will be worthy of the gospel of Christ. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Philippi. So that whether... I do come to see you or remain absent. I will hear about you that you are standing firm on, in one spirit and one purpose, with one mind, striving side by side as if in, a, in combat for the faith of the gospel. And in no way be alarmed or intimidated in anything by your opponents. For such constancy and fearlessness on your part is a clear sign and a proof and a seal for them of their impending doom. Their, their destruction and a, a, a clear sign for you of deliverance and salvation and that too from God. For you have been granted the privilege for Christ's sake, not only to believe and confidently trust in him, but also at times to suffer for his sake. And you are experiencing that same kind of conflict when you saw me endure and which you hear to be mine now. Uh, if I look at this scripture, there's, there's four points that, that stand out to me. Four keys from the Apostle Paul about following the will of God and what the will of God is for us. It says this, the number one, to live a life that honors the gospel of Christ. Live a life that exudes the gospel. Number two, to stand firm in one spirit and one mind together. This is called unity. And to stand firm in one spirit and one mind, working side by side as in combat for the faith of the gospel. Point number three uh, from the Apostle Paul, it says, in no way be alarmed or intimidated by your opponents. Don't be alarmed. Don't be intimidated. Um, this is, uh, I believe it's especially apropos for us today. Because our world is, has fallen to such a, a, a crazy place and, and a, a crazy condition that I don't know about you, but when I hear people spewing, they're stupid, you know, that they're crazy, crazy, uh, uh, sinful, lost, um, all of that, and they're proud of it, and they're standing up for it, and man, they're arguing, and, and, 
and telling you, giving you the what for in their protests and the signs and the hats and all the, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's just like, uh, that's easy to just go, I, I can't believe myself. I, I just can't believe what I'm seeing to the point where I just have nothing to say. But the Apostle Paul says, he says, in no way be alarmed or intimidated by the opponents. Stand up for the gospel and be ready to say what is the truth of God's word. Be ready to say it. Don't hold back. Don't, uh, don't be intimidated by all of the, 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 the words that you're hearing, the posture of those that are against that you understand are completely vehemently against the word of God. You know, it's becoming more and more obvious today that there are people that are willing to stand up for the, the word of God. Thank, thank the Lord. And I think we have a few of them in this room right here. Willing to stand up for the word of God and those that are ready to oppose it. But don't flinch in the face of that intimidation. Amen. We've got a life to live. And, and our life is, is so much easier if we just choose to operate like Jesus did. And there's so many of, of the things that he said about himself. And uh, it's not that I'm, I'm looking for people to become, uh, you know, to attempt to be like, to, to attempt to take his place. But I'll tell you what, it's a great idea for all of us to emulate the life of Jesus. It's a great idea for us all to emulate his, his stature, his character, his, his love for people, his stand for the truth no matter what anybody said. He was committed to do what God had sent him to do, and nothing was going to change that. No pain, no suffering. No scourging, no crucifixion was going to change his ultimate goal. And sometimes I feel like, you know what, I've got to take that tenacity. I've got to have that whole spirit, that whole tenacious uh, endurance, that, that fire that he had has got to become mine. And I've got to live that boldly in front of others. Otherwise, I'm not properly following the will of God for my life. My last of the four, four points in this particular verse is that it's a privilege to believe, trust, and suffer for the sake of the kingdom. For we share the same conflict as Paul suffered and endured himself. Uh, I would like you to join me, please, in Matthew chapter 5. It says this in verse number 16. It says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and your moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your father who is in heaven. It says in verse 17, do not think that I came to do away with or to undo the law. Where's my friend, Dave? I had you in mind. I don't know what it was. I think it's the whole messianic thing that that, the, that the, the law is now fulfilled in the life of Jesus and how the marriage of the life of Jesus and the Old Testament, it's all the word of God. Somebody say amen. It's all the plan of God. And I love how Jesus came to not abolish the law, to not wipe it out and redo it, but to fulfill the law and improve on it and take it to another level. 
That's such a great, great thing. It says this, do not think that I came to do away with or to undo the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For I assure you and most solemnly say to you until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of the pen will pass from the law until all the things which were which it foreshadows are accomplished. So whoever breaks one of these least of one of the least important of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least important in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I love that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 23, it says, he, he says he does all things for the sake of the gospel. The Apostle Paul, once again, speaking to the church at Corinth, I do all things for the sake of the gospel. In other words, I do everything in my life building building the faith in others. I do all things in my life putting together the, 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 the complete picture of what the gospel of Jesus looks like. Every, I don't have, you know, how many of you guys have a little bit of idle time in your life that sometimes embarrasses you? Uh, I, I, that's one of my, my life's greatest enemies right there is idle time. Because I feel like, I could be doing this or I could be doing that that would be improving several areas of my life. Hello? I'm just going to let the Lord marinate that in your heart a little bit. Um, I'm going to go right now to Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1. And this is a prophecy offered by the prophet Isaiah. But it became a very, very strong part of the life of Jesus. Remember then when he walked into the, the synagogue and uh, somebody at the synagogue handed Jesus the scroll and Jesus looked through the scroll and he stopped at Isaiah 61 and he began to re, uh, recite uh, this verse. It says this. Um, one second here. I'm almost there. Isaiah 61. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and the afflicted. Good news. Good news. Somebody say that out loud. Good news. No matter what we see on the outside, there is always good news to think about, consider, and apply to your life. And the best part about the good news it really becomes amazing news when you give it away to somebody else that needs it. And I believe the Lord wants us to constantly be those that guard and cultivate good news coming out of our life. Good news. Good news. I love sharing good news with people. And uh, you know what? You do, too. You appreciate it when, a somebody, when somebody has something kind to say to you. When somebody walks up out of the blue and they, they greet you with a positive message. That's an amazing moment in their life. And you know what? When you, when you come, become that type of a person, people always remember you for that. They always commend when you do that. When you come, you always seem to have such a positive word. You seem to always have, you always seem to look past the problems of the day and you have 
a good outlook on something. You know what? That's on purpose. We do that on purpose. It happens. Uh, it's it's a, uh, a choice we make to not constantly be on the negative. Hello? Be uh, uh, focused on and dominated and just affected by the negative things that are going on. But to constantly also uh, say, you know what? The word of God says so much about this. Amen. It says here, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to announce and release pardon and forgiveness to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those that are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised and crushed by tragedy, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the favor of God abounds greatly. And then he rolled up the scroll. Jesus, he didn't even finish the verse. He rolled up the scroll and he put it back. And he stood up and he said, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and in your presence. And he continued on as they were speaking well of him. They were in awe and they were wondering about the words of grace which were coming from his lips. I believe so much that as we emulate the Lord and we allow his will to become our will, his plan to become our plan, his goals to become our goals, that we don't shirk our responsibility or we don't, that we don't walk away from that. We speak the words of Jesus as he indwells us, as he is uh, ministering life to us, us. It's the most powerful thing in the world that we can do to give that to somebody else who needs it. To give it to somebody else that's struggling. Hello? I want to uh, wrap this up today as we go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. It says this in verse number 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted that it was really him. But Jesus walked up and he said to them, All authority. Somebody in the room say all authority. Say it one more time. All authority has been given unto me. All power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You feel the power of that. All power has been given unto me, Jesus said. And he said, because of that now, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my word. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regarding of the circumstances and on every occasion. Even to the end of the age. What a great commission. 
What an amazing verse. What an amazing plan of God that he has for us. What an amazing amount of authority he walks in. And then his next breath, with his next statement, he said, go, therefore, because of our connection to him. It was as if he said, you have all of that authority. It was just as if he said, now, I have this authority. Now you have it, so go. What an amazing, amazing thing, my brothers and sisters. We have the Great Commission ahead of us. And really, to tell you the truth, these things, they line up to say one thing. Emulate Jesus in everything you do. Emulate Jesus and you can't go wrong. Emulate Jesus in your marriage and it's going to survive. And I believe it's going to thrive. If you act like Jesus, if you, if you marry his word, if you become one with his word, one with his will, that's what we actually want to do. The whole point of this whole thing is following the will of God today. Following the will of God for our lives. To not take, it, take uh, uh, the importance of the word of God and set it or the, the will of God. To, to, don't let anything take its place in your life as first priority. The will of God is absolutely essential for us in this life. It'll help you in your marriage. It'll help you in your job. It'll help you with your career. It'll help you with everything that you do if we just put God's will first. Amen. Father, I just want to say thank you right now for your daughters and your sons in this place. Thank you, Lord, for the strength of your word. Thank you for the encouragement on every page. Thank you, Father, for the miracles that you did for a reason. They're not just good reading material. It's not just a great story to read. Father, you did that so that when we need a miracle, we can look back and say, look at the timeline of God. Look what he did for this person. Look what he did in this situation. They stood before the Red Sea. There was no way out of this situation. And Moses stretched forth his rod and that sea parted. Father, I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus that you would inspire us with those stories because some of us are facing the Red Sea in our lives. Some of us are, are facing impossible circumstances in our marriages. Some of us are facing impossible circumstances, Lord, in our finances. And you want us to speak to that and point the rod of, of God at that financial situation and believe you for absolute total restoration and healing and a miracle in our life. Lord, we just want to say thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, Lord. Would you say it out loud with me right now, my brothers and sisters? Thank you, Father, for your word in the name of Jesus. It's the example. Everybody say it. It's the example of how I've got to live. It's your instruction manual. It's the blueprint for my destiny. It is the roadmap to my success. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Somebody in the room, give the Lord a shout of praise. Would you please right now? Well, Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your will. Thank you, God, that it's possible that we walk in your word every day, Father. We'll walk in your will in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and thanks and glory. All of us say amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. 
This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.